I'm going to do a little analysis of the prayers of the of Christ specifically in the New Testament. There are many there. I went back and restudied this whole subject of prayer. Now it's a massive study. If you fail, if you don't know how to pray, it's not God's fault. He's given you 351, and that's at my count, and that may not be exactly right, because it's hard to count them all. But I know of 351 specific prayers. Examples of prayers in the Bible. 351. People come to me and say, I don't know how to pray. I'm not reading your Bible. See, when you read your Bible through every year, it's bigger than just read your Bible through and say, Yeah, hey, I read my Bible through. You're exposing yourself to everything God wants you to be exposed to. See, it's bigger than that. And you say, Well, I don't understand Ezekiel and Jeremiah, Lamentations, and Isaiah. It's okay. Because whatever you're exposing yourself to, eventually as you expose yourself to those books, they begin to make sense to you and they begin to, the pieces of the puzzle of the Bible begin to fit together and the historicity and all of the Bible begins to make sense to you. But it takes time. You're not going to get it real quickly, but if you don't make an effort at reading it through, you're never going to understand those books. You're never going to understand how it all fits together because the big picture is how you get how it fits together. That's the only way to get it. I appreciate going down deep, staying long, coming up dry. I appreciate that. I mean, some of you have told me, I want to I say, well, fine. You can study deep, but you can't just stay on there because God didn't write one book. He wrote 66. You got to know them all. They're all important or they wouldn't be there. And so you can trust me on this. It'll help you. 351 prayers in the whole Bible for an example. Uh, if we study Jesus' prayer life alone, it becomes evident that there are some specific ingredients in prayer that are absolutely necessary. Just Jesus' prayer life. The Old Testament is replete with prayer and, and great prayers. What would you say? And I'm not, I'm not going to have you raise your hand. I'm not trying to embarrass you. The greatest prayer in the New Testament is, you think in your head, don't raise your hand. The greatest prayer in the New Testament. I'm going to say John 17, the high priestly prayer. It's the longest one, and it's specifically Jesus to the Father. Whoa, is there a wealth of information in the 17th chapter of John called the high priestly prayer? I mean, whoa, man, oh, man. We learn a lot about the relationship between he and the Father and, and uh, his desire for you and for me. He tells him, Father, I don't want them taken out of the world. Because it'd be, it'd be easy for God when you got saved to be zapped out. He said, but I'll keep them from the evil. Our job's, I don't, I don't want to die for Jesus. I want to live for Jesus. My job's not to, to get saved and, and be isolated and die. My job is to get saved and go around and spread the good news, the gospel, as ever many people as I can and to live in the midst of the evil. Christians today in some way, if, if, you, if you as a born-again believer can stay away from evil today, you've accomplished something that no generation before you has ever done. Because the world's never been as prolific in evil 
as available in evil as it is today through you know what, the internet. Communications, videos, audio, uh, internet, YouTube, <clears throat> uh, Google, type anything you'd imagine in Google. All I can do is I thank you, Jesus, tonight that I didn't have a phone as a 12-year-old boy. I would have been typing in everything I ever imagined. Show it to me. That's where I'd have been. Now, some of you saintly men out there may not have been as evil as I was, but I wanted it all. I wanted to see it all. I hunted for it. And could not find it. It's almost it almost seems like fairy tale compared to what we have today. So, but but I will say on the positive side of this, if you want to live for Jesus and you've separated yourself from that, you have separated yourself from something that nobody else even had the opportunity to separate themselves from, as much and accessible as you do. In other words, what I'm trying to say is by the grace of God, you're, you can be strong in the Lord and we say, I'm, I'm victorious in the midst of a perverted, crooked and perverted generation. Woo. Which we shine as lights. So uh, he spake a parable unto them and said this then, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. I don't know if about you, but if there's an area in my life I just regularly feel like I'm a failure is prayer. If you told me about studying, I wouldn't feel like a failure. If you told me about other soul winning or other stuff, I'd feel, well, I failed some, but I'm not a failure in that area. But if you tell me about prayer, I'd say, oh, man, I should be praying five, six hours a day. We could change the world. I just don't seem like, it don't seem like I'm, I'm able to, and I've talked to a lot of older folks too that struggle with the area of prayer. So I want to talk about the, I think it was 11 or 12 areas that we notice in Jesus' prayer that must be necessary for the kind of prayer God wants you to have. Okay, so the key ingredients of Christ's prayer, that's what we're going to go through. First one is sincerity. The Pharisees made a mock of prayer by their hypocrisy and dead formality. If you know anything about what Jesus said about prayer, it was fresh and spontaneous and real. When I talk to my wife, I don't say, Kathy, how was your day, Kathy? Kathy, you have a good day, Kathy? Kathy, is everything everything go good at your high tea today, Kathy? Did you have a little hot tea, cold tea, Kathy? Or Kathy, did you have a... Now, you'd say, that's Bill, that's stupid, but I hear people pray that way. They say, Lord, 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 Lord. He knows who he is. What that simply means, that's not genuine prayer. It's not natural, right? When you pray, you shouldn't be having vain repetition. What's vain repetition? It simply means it means nothing. It, it, the words have lost their meaning. You don't want to pray a debt. You know, now I lay me down to sleep. Now I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray, I pray, Lord, you take my soul. 
my shoulder keep or something like that. Like that music, I just I just have the ability to change the words, I guess. So you have to have, I mean, just it makes sense, sincerity. The Pharisees prayed to be seen of man. They prayed for the show. Not, they prayed that people would think they were holy. Yeah, there's people like that today, too. So sincerity. God's looking for somebody who says, real deal. Secondly, he looks for humility. Second Chronicles 7.14, my people which are, which are called by my name shall what? Humble themselves. Humble themselves. You want to humble yourself, but you don't want God to humble you. You don't want God to humble you. Well, you say, Bill, I do want God to humble me. Well, get ready. It's going to be a wild ride. When God humbles you, mama, he humbles you. He puts you right down. But humble yourself. I've thought a lot about that. Humble myself. Humble myself. Humble myself. How can I humble myself? Hmm? What's this? Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Good idea. <laughs> There's a lot of ways you can be creative. There's a lot of ways to humble yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may lift you up. Abase yourself, and he'll raise you up. Exalt yourself, and he'll humble you. So as a born-again Christian, if we start exalting ourselves, God says, okay, you want to exalt yourself, now I'm going to have to abase you. And if you've not been chastised, you're not a child. Hebrews 12, right? I mean, if you're not chastised, you're not a child. So I've been chastised, I've been whipped, I've been to the shed over and over again. But we have to have humility. And I'm not, I can't spend much time on this. Um, Luke chapter 18, verse 9 through 14. I'm going to read it to you, and this illustrates humility. And he spake this parable, a certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, and one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men like Chris and Thomas and who are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even this publican. I fast twice a week. I give them a tithe of all that I possess. You can look at my tithe record. And the publican standing afar off would not so much as lift his eyes up to heaven, smote upon his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And this is Jesus' words, application. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. The other, for everyone that exalted himself should be abased, and he that humbleth himself should be exalted. That's pretty straightforward teaching. Humility. God, you have to have humility. Now, now, you can't beware about humility, because proud people think they're humble, and humble people always think they're proud. That's kind of the sign that you may be humble, because you think you're proud. Now, if you're in here saying, I'm not, I'm not proud, you, I'm proud. You get it. So the third thing is repentance, a real turning back. What does sin do? When sin separates us from God. Sin separates you from your friend. Sin, sin will separate you from your wife or husband. Sin will separate you from your job. Sin will separate. Sin in its function is a separating thing. Everything good that God wants you to have, sin will separate you away from it. You'll want contentment. Sin will take contentment away from you. I mean, look at Hollywood. They're not content with anything. 
No, no matter nothing they get, they're content with nothing. They can't because sin is when sin is finished, it leads what to what? Death. Death is what? Separation. Separation of soul and spirit. Second death, separation. Separation of God in a place called hell. So first one is separation from your soul and body, your soul and spirit from your body. The second one, death, is a separation of you with a new body, separating from God totally. And that's, of course, described as the most horrible thing possibly to happen to any human being. So sin by its nature separates. What is repentance? Repentance is a returning back to God. Confession of sin often accompanies repentance. Um, people ask me, when should, I put, when should I confess sin? Well, private sin is to be confessed privately. In other words, if I sin and nobody else knows it, if I have a bad thought about Maryland, I can go to God and say, Lord Jesus, what I thought about Maryland was wrong. Confession means to agree with God. And he, he's forgiven me. It's over. If, uh, if I publicly hit Maryland, I can't go to her privately and say, hey, you know, I need to publicly confess that hitting Maryland was wrong. It was wrong. You get it? To the degree of the publicity is the degree of the confession. Private sin, private confession, public sin. So when people get divorced, they should publicly get right because divorce is a public sin. Adultery is a public sin. What's public? When more than one person knows about it. Tell a woman. I heard someday some, some uh, uh, male chauvinist pig preacher said, tell a woman, tell the world. Now, I wouldn't think that, you know. That's just not me. Sweet Bill would never say that. But, but I mean, when two people know something, man, our government can't keep a nuclear secret. I mean, everybody, everybody knows how we make an F. We make an F-16, and pretty soon, it's funny. China's got one. Russia's got one. Everybody's got the same stuff. You know, we can't keep secrets in our own government. How much less when people go out and sin? How it's spread from one person to the other person? It's not. But people come and say, preacher, I don't need to publicly confess that. Personally, I would. If you got a question about it, I would. You say, how many people? Well, more than two people's public, but I suppose it. I think it just, I tell some people sometimes they have, they have a stronghold and they can't seem to get, they can't seem to get free. I try to tell them, why don't you get in front of the church? These are friendly people. These are people on your side. Why don't you get up there and say, I've been struggling with this and I've failed at this and would you please, I, I, want, I need to have victory in this area. I believe the devil's beat by that so badly that God will see that you've humbled yourself and he'll release you. We've had it here at the church many times. Harold Vaughn talks about that, especially when he was here. So, it's confession. Uh, another thing is uh, obedience. Um, it's, a, it's important to be obedient to have answered prayer. He the, uh, John 8, 29 well, let me say John 14, 13, 15. Whosoever ye shall ask in my name, and what? And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Most of the time, that's a memory verse, but we don't quote the verse after that. The verse after that, the verse after that, says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So one of the, one of the prerequisites of answered prayer 
is obedience. Obedience. When I would go to my mom and dad and I was behaving, as far as they knew, I was much more likely to get my request than as if I was misbehaving and outright defying them and saying, oh, is it possible that I could get 500 bucks to buy a new car? And my dad would say, you're dreaming, son. You're dreaming. You owe me 500 from the last one. Well, we make make God out to be a fool. He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to them than ask him? He compares himself with your earthly father, heavenly father. He said, if you people do this with your heavenly, your earthly father, how much more respect would I get? Right? So obedience, all I can tell you is obedience and answer is, is linked to answered prayer. Another thing I found is faith. Answered prayer has something to do with faith. Hebrews 11, 6, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, which has, that's actually another qualification of prayer. And so we see faith. And I'm not going to go into that because so many times people talk about faith. Another thing we find is forgiveness. Essential answer prayer, Mark chapter 11, verse 25 to 26 says, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Now what part about that is fuzzy? Now, sore losers, we have trouble with that. People do us wrong, we want to get a ballot, you know, put them on the blacklist and, you know, kill them. He said, when you, when you go to pray, if you've got, if, if, if you got ought against anybody, you better get right. But, he says, if, but if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. That's as clear as crystal, amen? But somebody, you don't know how bad they did me wrong. Well, you don't know how bad you did God wrong. How bad did you do God? How bad have you done God? Oh, the list would go on, wouldn't it? Come on now. Come on. Be honest with yourself. You've sinned against God in every way, and you knew what you did before you did it and did it anyway. You willfully, wantonly, premeditatedly, Sinned against the holy God. He told you no. He gave you a conscience. You knew better. You did it anyway. You have violated every commandment on these ten commandments. By the way, they need a little repair work on them. Huh? So, uh, but uh, little, little ten commandments. And, and so you come before God as a wicked sinner saying, I ain't going to forgive him. Beware. Beware. Your sins aren't getting forgiven. Because you won't forgive. I've had to forgive people that I was mad at. You ever be mad at anybody? Anybody ever heard get mad at anybody? Another thing, fasting. We're talking a little bit about fasting. And by the way, thank you for signing up for that. We got everybody up on the 40, 40 single days of fasting by 40 different people. Going to pray. I have a list of five things to specifically pray for. Appreciate it. Mark chapter 9, verse 28, 29. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why, did we not, why could we not cast him out? Talk about casting out a demon of a, of, a, of a man's son. They couldn't do it. And he said, this kind, this kind come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. There's certain things fasting um, is important to God. What is fasting? It's a, it, it is a uh, humbling of yourself. 
when you refuse your body what it most what it wants so badly you're humbling yourself that's what is your what do you want food 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 everything's food look on the tv when you fast every commercial is about food my wife and i used to say is just every commercial about food and it's just luscious it's just it looks so good and you're sitting there on about day four going but by day five, you lose your appetite pretty much, and you don't have to. You can, and you, boy, what a what a thrill it is, on about day five and day six, to be able to say, "I don't need food; it has no mastery over me," at least for a little while. And you, you're victorious. It's a phenomenal feeling. Of course, later, about day seven or eight, or eight you get weak. You start getting weak, and your body has to have something to eat, or it begins to eat its muscle. After it eats all your fat, then it goes to eating your muscle. And that's when you're done with fasting. You should be done with fasting when it begins to eat your muscle. And I've been losing weight. I was at 184 for most of my life, 194 to highest, 184 most of my life. You've known me at 184 mostly. Um, got down to 150, and my body began to eat muscle, literally my muscle. You notice probably how I don't have muscle like I used to. That's really been discouraging. I'm kind of hoping for the new body here pretty soon. So, persistence. Persistence. I preach a whole message on this. Don't quit. You can't lose if you don't quit. Luke chapter 11, verse 8 through 10. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him. Remember the, remember the ter- parable, of the, it's called the parable of the importune. The guy once comes at night, knocks on the guy's door and says, I got to have some guys. People showed up at my house. I need some food, bread. And 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 you're, you're, he says I'm already in bed with my children. Now that's not our culture. We don't sleep with our kids. I, I mean, I hope you don't. My parents never. We don't. But in the third world, in Haiti, a lot of times there's one room with mom and dad and six, eight kids, and they all sleep in the same bed. And that's to me, that's just strange. But for them, it's not. So they all sleep together. Well, that was the parable. They were all in bed. All the kids were with them. Everybody was settled down. Well, that'd be tough, wouldn't it? You'd have to do a lot of whipping to get all them kids settled down and where you go to sleep. And finally, you get them all whipped. You get them all beat down. And everybody's ready to go back to sleep. And everybody's quiet. Woo, we get to go to sleep. Hey, I got some people over. I need some bread. And, and here's what he says. Though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend. He won't rise just because he's his friend. Yet because of his importunity, because he's bugging him, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And Jesus' application, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks is receiving, everyone that seeketh findeth, everyone that knocketh shall be opened. That's the application, not of a preacher. That's the application of Jesus, that parable. He says, you want something? Persist. In asking, persist in asking. Don't quit. Th- I'm gonna be done on time. Privacy. This may be a little bit strange to some of you people, possibly. I don't know. I got other illustrations on persistence. By the way, Luke chapter 18, verse three and four. If you want to look later on, privacy. If you looked in Matthew chapter six, Jesus recommends to pray in secret.
I don't believe you're going to find him ever recommending we pray publicly. And yet, Christianity Today, prayer meeting, we pray together publicly. But the Bible, Jesus in the Gospels, there was a lot of public prayer in his day, a lot of hypocritical prayer, a lot of prayer for show. He said, go in your closet, shut the door, and he that seeth thee in secret is going to reward you openly. So I got, I got to say that Christ recommends privacy and prayers. No ostentatious public prayers. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, you can look at it later. No mechanical prayers. He says no vain repetition as the heathen. Uh, the, that's what's wrong with the rosary, Mike. What's wrong with the rosary, Mike? He's an old Catholic, saved. You don't do the rosary because it's just vain it gets to be vain repetition. Now, you know, da, 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 my, my wife knew it in French and English, and, you know, you just pray the rosary. He says, stop, don't do that. Don't 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 go to bed and pray the same old same old. If you catch yourself in a pattern, get out of it. If you catch it, no mechanical prayers. Christ Himself was an example of solitude, and He's praying. Luke chapter six, verse twelve. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou shut thy door, to pray to the Father which is in secret. The Father which sees in secret shall reward thee openly. Matthew six five. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites. Though they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may have seen a man. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. And so it goes on. I have to go on. Number 10. Uh, pray to the will of God. First John chapter 5, verse 14, 15. And this is the confidence that we have of him. If we should ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know if he will hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desire of him. So basically what he's saying there in 1 John is, and James also said, the reason you don't get your answer to prayer is because you pray amiss to heap on your own lusts. Your people, especially Christians who get into this positive imaging thing, like if I want a new Ram 2500 Longhorn Lariat loaded. I can put a picture of that on my refrigerator and I can imagine positive image that. That makes mockery out of God. Mockery. If it's not in the will of God, forget it. God says, Bill, you can't have it. But I want it. Bill says, You can't have it. I really don't want it, but I thought so maybe some of you wanted that children. But anyway, so anyway, it's uh, the will of God. If you if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall have what you will, and it shall be done unto you. God will do what's best for you. I, I, there's an old hillbilly song that says, thank God for unanswered prayers. How many in here have actually heard that song? You've shopped in a grocery store, you've heard it somewhere, because I never turn on country music. But I know country songs, and I never turn on country music. I never listen to country music, but I know country songs. How do I know that? How is that possible? I shop. I go to stores. I go to, oh, restaurants. Don't you love a restaurant that blares a bunch of music that you hate the whole time you're eating? I can even say, I need the melody to that song. I thank God for unanswered prayer. We're supposed to pray in divine names. Names, Father. When you pray, Jesus taught his disciples, when you pray, say, Our Father, 
which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so we pray to the Father. We're told to pray to the Father in the Bible and in the New Testament. And we're also told to pray more specifically, even in Jesus' name. You should ask anything according, you should ask anything in my name. In Jesus' name. I hear people sometimes pray, and it bothers me a little bit when I hear them pray, and they say, at the end of their prayer, they say nothing. Just say amen. Or they come and say, in God's name. Okay, it's doable. But if you really want to get where the Bible's at, you pray in Jesus' name. Now, if you pray in Mary's name, brother, that's real bad. You don't want to ever pray to Mary or go and pray to Mary. Don't do it. Don't do it. Mary has no more in with God than you do. No more in with God than you do. She had relationships with her husband. She was not a virgin for long. I get so tired of these Catholics trying to make her out a virgin. Or she's not a virgin. She was a virgin. The Holy Spirit mated with her. And she had Jesus, and she was no longer was a virgin after that. And then she, her husband had relationships with her husband, and they had children after that. We know that from the Bible. Sisters and brothers. Take the halo off of her. And then the last thing I want to talk about is in the spirit. You want to pray in the spirit. It says in Romans 8 9, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, so be the spirit of God dwell in you. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Now, I don't have time to go in Romans 8 where it says, You know not how to pray as you ought, but the spirit of self making intercession for you with groanings which are not going to be uttered. So when we pray the Holy Spirit of God, I'm relying on this. You're relying that God would interpolate the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit would interpolate what's in my heart. And, and let it come before the throne worded right. How do I know how to word? I don't know. How, I'm, I'm clumsy and, and don't know how to word. And maybe I'll, maybe somehow my flesh will get in the thing. And I say, oh, blessed Holy Spirit, please help me. Intercede for me with groanings which cannot be uttered, not utterable, not languagely utterable. And so he does that. So that's some of the, that's some of the, uh, Sincerity, humility, repentance, obedience, faith, forgiveness, fasting, persistence, privacy, to the will of God, divine names, and in the Spirit. You may not understand there was just that. That's just in Jesus' prayer. Anybody know what that plan is? Cababulia. How many know what that plan is? Okay, you know that? Cababulia. I should know you. Cababulia. I have that tree. It's blowing down three, four different directions. They have no root system. They're hollow in the middle. They break. But they bloom once a year, about two weeks, unless you have a, three weeks, if you have a high wind. If you have a high wind during that time, you only get maybe two weeks, maybe less than that. But if you, if you don't get a wind, you get this most magnificent yellow bloom. And you know, God does that for you. That blue sky behind it, that's for you. That green, that's for you. He's made all things for us to enjoy. Now I want to take them and enjoy them by the grace of God. Amen? Pray. Folks, pray. Don't give up on prayer. Don't quit. Our Heavenly Father, thank you tonight for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the Bible. Without it, we don't know. What do we know? We need it. 
We need the Word of God. We need the Spirit of God to teach us the Word of God. Help us tonight. I thank you for the mercy. Thank you for the good guys that were elected that will stand against abortion, stand against wickedness. We pray that you'd, you'd raise us up, help the Santas to govern well, keep him safe. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.